Having played the game for almost a decade, it is an incredible thing to watch an artist's journey through the card art. From the first few commissions peppered over a year of sets to seeing them have whole card cycles and products presenting their art. There's a reason that Elena Danner has become one of the go-to artists for promo art and commissions that carry a lot of weight, and today we get to talk to her about her work. Welcome to Magic the Flavouring, the Magic the Gathering podcast. We talk about all things magic, flavour design and lore. I'm your host, Andy Mann. Hello, this is Nathan Cancel. And today we've got a very special guest on the show. We have MTG artist Elena Danner. Hey, Elena, how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, not too bad at all. Not too bad. Very Freezing. Well, it is very Freezing. cold. Yeah, it's very cold in the UK at the moment. I'm going to, this has become a bit of a tradition for us to like ask our guests what the weather is like where they are. Um, it is really cold over here. Whereabouts are you based? I'm in Seattle, Washington. Seattle, in the United States, yeah. Yeah, what's, what's the weather over there doing? It is raining, and it has rained for like the past week nonstop. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's what our winters are like. It rains like all winter long, and then all summer, it's like perfect outside. It's like 70 degrees and sunny all summer, and it's wonderful. But the winters kind of are a little <laughs> dismal. Oh, really? like we don't even get the perfect summer part of it i mean i don't know about you nathan but like i feel like it's just raining all year round where we are i mean i'm like oh, i live in the countryside so it's pretty like you know. <laughs> so at least i get that much you know it's a bit muddier but i mean i'm i'm happy with that rather than the sleek gray of london um yeah you know. it's not been it, a very no it hasn't no it's, it's baltic absolutely baltic but, you know, it's fine. that's what the winter's for my mum does this she, she comes in every day and she's like you know how it's, it's so cold outside i'm like mum it's the winter are you not aware of seasonal progression seasons. all right cool right well we've established that then that's cool and um, we wanted to talk to you uh for quite a while uh lena because like your your art is just exploding at the moment um it, it sort of seems like you've been in the sort of magic game uh, doing artwork for Magic specifically for about sort of three to three and a half years now. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And they actually um, work about a year ahead of time. So I've actually been working for about four years full time about for them years. almost. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which I suppose in like terms of Magic art, I mean, I don't know, like you can correct me if this is wrong, but that sort of that sort of doesn't put you in like the newbie territory. But you're definitely not like sort of in the long in the tooth like old schooler but it just seems that your artwork has been around like forever and just on some like really prominent cards as well i'm just looking over your uh like scryfall um sort of page with all your prints and all your artworks and everything and it just it struck me one of the first things i wanted to talk to you about is that at least as far as we can see because obviously commissions and the actual time that the cards come out like differ but the first five artworks that you did for Magic were Supreme Will, Bloodforge Battle Axe, Dragon Skull Summit, Path of Ancestry, and Riverwise Augur, all of yep. which are like completely different card types. So you've got two lands, you've got an artifact equipment, you've got an instant, and you've got uh, a creature card in Riverwise Augur. And that right. just struck me very like quickly. As like you do a lot of landscapes, like for the game, you do a lot of land artwork, but you also seem to have this kind of balanced portfolio going on. And is that? I just wanted to know if that was like a conscious thing, or whether you feel that that's the case, or you know, because a lot uh -oh. of artists do one or the other. 
I'm pretty sure. So I'd wanted to do, I've wanted to do magic artwork for forever. Like I went to, um, like I graduated from high school in 2003 and went to art school and I didn't really know what I wanted to do until I played magic my like freshman year summer um, of college. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is what I want to do. Like, I didn't know if I want to do video games or comics or whatever, but opening a pack of magic cards and seeing the amazing illustrations was just like, this, this is what I want to be doing. And so after graduating from art school in 2008, like every year, I would try to meet with Wizards Art Directors at Gen Con, and I kind of got rejected a whole lot, which was perfectly fine because my art sucked. And they basically, you know, told me, you know, this is every year, like, this is what you need to work on. And every year I'd come back with a new portfolio to jump, you know, hey, I'm trying. (laughs) What do I need to do this year? And I think they thought that I was ready, but they just wanted to make sure that I could, you know, like follow the rules and do what they, you know, do what they wanted. So like Supreme Will was my very first card. And like the art description for that was super formulaic. It was like, here's, here's style guide. um, And here's, we want you to draw this God from this page holding this staff, you know, from this other page of the style guide in this type of environment, you know, from this other page with, you know, you know, destroying the landscape. And it was just mm. super, you know, do this exactly. I, I know. And so I think it was kind of a test to see, you know, can she do exactly what we tell her to do? And that's what I think the other kind of pieces were too, to make sure. Cause I think they like landscapes have, have been my jam for a really long time. And like I did a lot of landscapes for other games. Um, so I don't think they were too worried about that. Um, and in fact, Dragon Skull Summit, um, when Cynthia gave me that that piece, uh, it had, like I said, normally you get like five weeks to do a magic piece. And for whatever reason, that one was a super rush and they only had a week. And they're like, can you do this in a week? And it's oh, wow. like, there's no way I'm saying no <laughs> to that when I'd only done like four magic cards. And it's like, you know, here's a landscape, which I really wanted to do. And, you know, yeah, I just won't, you know, do anything else for the next week except, you know, jam on this. So I think that's why everything was so, my first cards were really varied was it was all kind of like a, a test to see if I could could do it and then they were like all right now you can just do landscapes (laughs) i mean well that makes a lot of sense like because if you look at something like bloodforge battle axe is a is a close-up on the axe itself but if you look at something like supreme will or riverwise auger the the backgrounds of these pieces and even like a lot of the foreground are landscapes like especially on something like riverwise auger like the the jungle around the merfolk seems to be just as much much as part of the composition as the the character itself so i guess that makes a lot of sense that like landscapes are your your main thing because you've snuck them even into the the pieces where they're not really landscapes at all which is pretty cool i think it's funny that you mentioned the um the dragon skull summit because normally like your landscapes are, like really broad like you don't necessarily create artificial borders for yourself and that's one of the few that i noticed that did and if that's a matter of okay i've got like five days to do this as opposed to five weeks that makes a lot of sense <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like it was, I'm trying to remember what the original art description was, but it was definitely like kind of have it, you know, because it's a, it's a mountain and a swamp. So like make it really craggy. But yeah, it was definitely the first time I'd done 
either of those lands for magic. So yeah, it was fun and hard. <laughs> but like, I mean, the the sort of proofs in the pudding though, like the fact that your, your kind of breakout with those different things was all the landscapes and the fact that that's the commissions that you got all the way after that. Um, I'm just looking through, again, looking through your card image gallery, like the something I've really noticed about a lot of the landscapes that you do is that you have this sort of sense, as Nathan said, of like breadth and sort of grandness to your landscapes. Like your forests never focus in on one tree. It's always one big sweeping landscape. And even for something like your, um, your guild kit lands, cause you did three of the artworks for the Ravnica guild kits. You did the forest for the Selesnia set and then the island and plains for the Azorius guild uh, kit, which is the sweeping landscapes of Ravnica. Everything seems so huge in scale. It's very much like we spoke to Titus Lunzer uh, a few months ago. He's and awesome. his land, yeah, like Titus, really cool guy. Um, and obviously a fantastic artist. And I'd say yeah. even though your like your visual style in terms of like your own flourishes that you put on are very different, he has that same sort of sense of scale as well. Um, is I mean, like, is that always been the case? Like, how did you find that style? Like, when did that come to you? Uh, I think just through doing... Drawing a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, um, I didn't really get into doing landscapes um, until I started working on a game called Legend of the Five Rings. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, which is like a very uh, Japanese-themed game. And this is, sorry, I know this isn't magic, but uh, oh, cool. I hadn't really done a whole lot of landscapes. And then the art director wanted me to do a set of strongholds for each of the clans and there are nine clans in l5r so i had to make all of them and it's basically like japanese or asian themed castles but you know you have to make them all unique and fit with the different clans mm. and so they had me do that for three years in a row so i did almost 30 of them and it was super challenging and i was like the first set of them were so bad but <laughs> i think it was like a good trial by fire where it was like you know i'm trying to figure out how to make something like you know this castle this big part of this you know identity of these clans like look majestic and still look cool but unique and so i think after three years of doing that and doing a bunch of other cards for the game really helped make me realize or like inform how to work to make things look grand from a distance. And when you when I first started doing out like landscapes and those castles, I kind of wanted to zoom in and like just do the details of like one thing, like one tree, like you were saying. But mm. after screwing it up so many times and making these horrible pictures, um, I think I just learned that it's if you want to show like majesty or you know a grand area you really just gotta do it you gotta zoom out and still I put would. in all that detail yeah and put in just stuff at a huge scale to really make it read which doing it a card size is also another challenge but yeah. it's a lot of fun to do it is so much fun to be working on these cards so especially like the zorius that landscape, the two, yeah. the plains and the island together, yeah. that was a blast. And that pro that took me so long. It's crazy. Yeah, just the amount of detail, like all the windows and rooftops. And like, see, so you you play magic, like you're, you're a magic player, right? Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, like how like Ravnica being like one of those fan favorite planes with such a striking look of like those oh Eastern European architectures. Like, is that I mean, is that a, a plane that you always wanted to like do art for? Because you haven't spent a lot of time on Ravnica by the looks of things, but you got to do those landscapes, right? Yeah, yeah. No, Ravnica. Like, I started playing in two thousand three, and then I've played pretty casually until I don't know, maybe about two thousand ten. And I started dating my husband, and he's really into magic. And yeah, Ravnica is my favorite plane visually. It's so cool. And like, there's so many of my very favorite magic art, like um, the Anthony Waters Ravnica pieces, mm. and um, my own. Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. My my own play, my own personal playmat of Ravnica is like this amazing plane. It was from Dragon's Maze, and oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his <laughs> name. But yeah, my my favorite plane and favorite art of magic is Ravnica. So when they asked me to work on Ravnica, I like lost my mind. Eric Deschamps, the Eric Deschamps planes. Yes, that piece yeah. is so freaking good. They are the one that's like top down almost. Yes. Yeah, it's very yeah. pretty. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. He was at Gen Con a couple of years ago. Sorry, and I, I got no, one of his play mats. His, I think his booth was like directly behind mine, and I just fangirled out at him over that piece <laughs> and just lost my mind. So he probably thinks I'm a real weirdo, but he went wrong. <laughs> I mean, we've, had a, we've had a similar, a similar experience with Eric Shumps. He was at a Magic Fest London a uh, year before last, or the last Magic Fest that happened in, in the UK. 2019. 2019, yeah, and uh, I had him sign a, bu- uh, sign a bunch of my planeswalkers that he did, like my Venser and my Elspeth and all that kind of thing. So yeah, <laughs> he seems he's awesome. a really cool dude, but he, he must yeah. be able to do it all the time. Um, <laughs> that's so cool. But I mean, it, it's funny. I mean, before we uh, you came onto the call, me and Nathan were talking about like the philosophies of like what makes an island and what makes a forest, like visually speaking. And uh, it's funny that we've just spent 20 minutes talking about like your or 10 minutes rather talking about your. Uh, Ravnica lands because it's actually your uh, standard showdown uh, promo lands that you did that also ended up in um, a commander deck uh, or two uh, in 2019 where it was your your panorama shot where you that got split up into all the different lands so you managed to do like a plains island swamp mountain and a forest and yep. it was a uh, Nate you were saying that you really appreciated the fact that the island was like an actual island yep. Yep. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like some other kind of like philosophical concept of what an yeah, island it's, is sorry it's, like... it's a proper sore spot for me is when an island isn't an island like <laughs> and it's, 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 i mean obviously we, we forgive ravnica it's um it's sins for not being able to appropriately represent like land but, but it's the same thing with your uh, snow-covered island the fact it has an island in it it's, I don't, it's the little things in life you know that make me happy um squeezing <laughs> in like some water into a mountain scene so it isn't just a bunch of pointy rocks um there yeah, that kind of thing is what i i, I quite like as you said that breadth that majesty you know you can fit lots of details in when you do a big scene yeah and that was um 100 like intentional with that panorama to make that island an actual almost tropical looking island even though (laughs) even though like when you actually look at them all together like the scale doesn't really work because of the island like everything else you know lines up okay like the the forest and the plains, like those could exist, you know, the way the space goes back, but that island would have to be so tiny. But <laughs> but I did want it to have like an actual island island, even if it didn't, you know, make perfect, you know, 
Blame it on the fish eye. It's fine. Fish eye lens makes everything look squiffy. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, just, just the way they scaled it when they put it on the cards. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Great. I mean, like, lands, landscapes are like obviously the thing that you, that you sort of really enjoy. But I suppose that's not really the only niche that you've found yourself in. Because a lot of magic artists, and you can always tell like when artists have kind of really nestled into the game because you start looking you don't even need to look at the name at the bottom of the card if it's a certain style of artwork or a certain kind of uh, trope i suppose you can go oh i bet that's a this person's card or this person's card and there's a really weird niche i don't mean i say weird it's not meant to be derogatory but it's a really (laughs) interesting niche where you seem to have found yourself in the position where anything that requires like a jeweled effect or like a diamond effect you're smack bang the person that they go to to seem to do it like in your portfolio alone like you've got jeweled lotus which recently came out diamond mare prismite and diamond knight all have this like crystalline effect right how did how did that come about how are you the person that they go to for this effect i have no idea how that started (laughs) or why but um they first gave me diamond mare as one of my very first cards too um and it was a terrifying art description um it was like draw a horse that's living made out of diamonds and are you guys familiar with the board game or the board game the video game borderlands at all oh yes absolutely (laughs) okay so like the art description they gave me was like almost verbatim the description that handsome jack gives at the beginning of borderlands 2 of butt stallion and like (laughs) butt stallion is this living horse made out of diamonds because he's so rich it's like something he bought and he like mocks you for it and when i got that art description i was like oh my god this is so awesome i can't wait to do this it was a kind of a nightmare to draw but i think once i got it figured out they were like okay we know that she can do this so they just kept giving they gave me the diamond knight and then like not long after that i got prismite and I think it was Taylor gave me it, the art director, and he was like, I'm sorry, but I know you can do this. <laughs> do another one, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at least, like, after that, after Prismite, they kind of didn't give me anything for a while until I got the Jeweled Lotus, and I was like, okay, that's fine. If you're going <laughs> to... If you're gonna make me have to draw like so like not not that it's a bad thing but it sure. does take a lot of time to draw all those facets and mm-hmm. figure out how the light's working um which is fun but i kind of prefer to draw landscapes but if it's yeah. going to end up with like powerhouse cards like jeweled lotus that's okay i will do more mm-hmm. of that if you're listening wizards <laughs> <laughs> you, you sort of ramp up the the difficulty with each right? one i mean at least from a from a sort of plebite perspective like mine i suppose because jeweled uh, diamond mare rather i mean it's you know it's a horse and it's a very sort of you know fancy realistic horse despite the fact that it's made of diamonds but then you go on to with prismite and diamond knight and then jeweled lotus like you start adding in like crystalline spikes and all these different angles and obviously the jeweled lotus being a jeweled lotus you know requires it to be not these smooth edges and these smooth lines but these incredibly like detailed like corners and angles like i suppose is that do you trying to ramp up your own ability or is that just because you know that's what the piece requires um probably both and i think i've just gotten a little bit better at at doing it and i've learned when they've given me these assignments um i'll go to my local like pawn store and they you know they make these little miniature like things made out of crystals like little kind of like grandma knickknacks that are like you know oh here's a little kitty made out of crystal and you can find them for like 
couple dollars at a pawn store. And it sounds ridiculous because it is, but like um, when I got Diamond Mare and Prismite, like and stuff like that, like I bought a couple of these little figurines and then I went out to my driveway on a sunny day and like set them down on the ground and shot reference of mm-hmm. these little like crystal figurines. And I'm sure my neighbors thought I was just absolutely insane but (laughs) but it really helped inform like how the light passes through and what it looks like in the shadows so especially like with prismite that you can see like in the shadow there's like almost a huge like shining light that's coming through because it like magnifies it yeah so like when you actually set one of those little crystal things in the sun that's what it does Mm -hmm. so i think just getting more used to the how light works through different planes like that um, mm. has helped make me a little bit better at, at doing it. You can never see a jump between Prismite and Jeweled Lotus as well. I, I guess um, you might have gone and bought a nicer a, a nicer little gem thing. So the pinks and the yellows in it are fantastic. So you can kind of see, like going from the beginning, like obviously the um, mare has a little less like flourish to it, shall we say, even if there is the double rainbow snuck into the background, which I, I like. <laughs> it's a fantastic touch. What does it mean though? What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's coming out to Jordan, especially having the word Lotus in there must have been like great as well. And like you've done right. it such justice. Also, it's weird because it's one of the ones where you see more like architectural detail than in any of your other pieces as well with all of the um, window effects in the background, which is a weird juxtaposition when you notice it. Yeah, I wanted to make it look like it was definitely a very important thing in an important mm-hmm. place. And um, I totally, if you look at Jeweled Lotus, it's on this purple pillow. And mm-hmm. I totally bought that pillow at the <laughs> pawn store. And I cats like love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a velvety kind of purple. And uh, there's... Here in Seattle, there's the University of Washington, and they have the coolest library ever. Um, It looks like a cathedral. And I went in there with this pillow and with some of those figurines and shot reference of what the light was like in there with the different, you know, stained glass windows in the background, like, just to kind of you know, kind of enact, like reenact that here's something, you know, well, it's not actually important, but like, here's something on a pillow that's, you know, this crystalline thing in this really cool environment just to see how it worked. And none of my reference really panned out, mm-hmm. but the the windows and the, the architecture <laughs> in that building are so cool. So I wanted to kind of put those two things together. Yeah, for sure. How does it like feel like Nathan's right, like to get a commission with like, the word lotus attached to it like did you expect the kind of uh sort of explosion of anticipation for this card that like the communities came out as like through players like being like oh my look like it's, a, it's the black lotus of commander like was there any of that kind of expectation or pressure on you when you were doing the art for it or did you just kind of tune all that player nonsense out and just focus on the artwork itself I was freaking out like the whole time. Yeah. And <laughs> and they actually commissioned that like two years ago. So oh, wow. of course, yeah, Legends is like ages in the making, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That was a bit really annoying to be sat on as well, being like, there's a yep. Lotus coming, there's a Lotus coming, there's a Lotus coming. <laughs> right. Yeah. To have like, because, you know, I can't talk about anything that no, isn't out sure. yet. And, and I, you know, it took so long that I was worried that it was going to get cut, you know, that it was never going to 
actually get printed. So that was it was the Jewel Lotus and the um the Hot Springs image. What did the final name of that end up being? Uh, the Rejuvenating Springs. That one. Yeah, yeah, that one took a really long time to come out too. So I was worried that those were not gonna be printed. The mm-hmm. Lotus especially. But um I was definitely not prepared for the day it released when they showed it on the Twitch stream how bonkers it was gonna be. But must also yeah. be really annoying to have not be able to get hold of your own card without paying a lot of money to get hold of it. <laughs> yeah, I I went and bought a box of the um the Commander Legends, the super boosters, the collector mm-hmm. boosters, and I didn't get anything out of it. Oh, no. <laughs> you get your pretty slow, surely. Yes. Whenever those God, I hope they show up. Sometimes artist proofs don't show up, but oh, no. if these do show up, that would be amazing. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, this isn't the first time. I mean, I suppose if that was commissioned two years ago, it might have been the first time. But as a, as a player seeing the cards come out, oh, this is such a mind bend talking to artists about when they get commissioned for things. Um, the this isn't the first time you've kind of had a commission where the name of the card or the kind of card itself has some sort of significance outside of it being, you know, playable. Uh, the the thing that kind of struck me is that you had you had a whole secret layer to yourself with the Snowlands, right? Yeah, yeah, that was that was really cool too. <laughs> yeah, so like we everyone sort of went like crazy over the fact that Seb McKinnon got his like Seb McKinnon art series uh, secret layer, but you've you've had one yourself because you've got secret layer Snowlands. Like, what was the process doing the Snowlands for like a full set of like promo cards that you knew was going to come out? Ah, uh, that so when they were assigned, secret layers weren't a thing yet, so. I knew it was a set of Snowlands and that I kind of got to do whatever I wanted. And that was super cool. I didn't really know how it was going to work where you could just buy them, you know, alone as a secret layer. So I guess it's a good thing I didn't know because then I probably would have been more nervous about working on them. (laughs) So it was just a fun, like I'm originally from the Midwest in America and uh, we get, terrible winters just tons of snow super cold like the year before we moved out to seattle like in all of december it didn't get above zero degrees and like it was awful (laughs) so i don't miss the snow but it's really cathartic and fun to draw so it was when I got that assignment, it was just a lot of fun to figure out how to do the different environments covered in snow. And most of them like are a reference to back in Wisconsin. So Well there was something really honest about them, like something that's very um understated. That's what it's, it's quite nice. Because obviously it's quite easy to like over over stylize landscape and magic sometimes. I feel like basics obviously a nice easy place to go where you can kind of get away with things not having to be super overt or super um uh, stylized but i like the fact you snuck in things like the owl and uh, again the island being a natural island is obviously going to make me happy um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're not like hyper fantasy like landscapes which is no. really cool which sometimes you need a, a break from that in magic especially if you want to have a deck which you know has a certain visual aesthetic to them mm-hmm. these kinds of lands are really cool for that because you can slot them in anywhere or if you're doing something that is a bit more grounded uh, these artworks are really really cool uh, the the forest itself I, I mean this might be 
uh, totally wrong, but it kind of reminds me a lot of the early John Avon forests that came out mm. with those kinds of like oh. rose trees going into the background. Like, I mean, I take it that wasn't like an intentional uh, sort of nod to those early artworks. It was not, but I do love John Avon. Yeah, like just <laughs> rows of trees, like the tall straight trees as well, with the sort of depth in the background, which is like kind of a, a signature with you, especially with your, a lot of your forest artworks. There always seems to be a, a point of light in the sort of deep background that everything else kind of focuses in on with this kind of haziness over the top of everything else, which is cool. Um, one of the things that we really wanted to talk to you about, and ever since we saw these artworks, we were like, we absolutely have to find out like what the process was behind these, were the showcase artworks that you did for the Throne of Eldraine alternate art showcases. So you did two of them. You did Lonesome Unicorn and Realm Cloaked Giant. Um, right. Like, Realm Cloaked, I'm just going to say, like, this is me now, like, sort of fanboying. Uh, Realm Cloaked Giant is one of my favorite artworks in Magic, period. So, like, that's oh, a really... really? Yeah, absolutely. Like I pulled, uh, I when I opened up boosters, I pulled a foil uh, regular version, which is still fantastic artwork. Um, and I still went out and bought the alternate artwork to use in one of my commander decks because I loved it so much. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, I I remember uh, hitting you up on Twitter like uh, quite a while ago, asking you about them, and you said that you were it was like quite a daunting thing for you to do. Like, is that right? Yeah, <laughs> that was terrifying. So um, the art description for those, that was Cynthia Shepard gave those out. And they were, uh, this is the first time, at least I'm pretty sure this is the first time they did like alternate art things for their for booster fun, kind of the collector booster things. Mm. And so I, and the and that I, I got a couple assigned to me was just like, kind of shocking but um the art description um cynthia gave said that the alt art adventures are stylized storybook versions of cards in the set with the unique storybook frame notably storybook illustrations rely more on line and or flat color than rendering or realistic shading some examples they attached of you know some like classic kind of uh turn of the last century fantasy art mm. and the whole the 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 big thing in that sentence to me was uh, they rely more on line and or flat color than realistic or uh, rendering and shading, which is mm-hmm. crazy because that's all that I do. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. <laughs> work in line um, or flat color at all. As well, you know, not since I was in like college and I was drawing like anime like fan art and that kind of thing so (laughs) so that was terrifying and um i did both of those in watercolor and i hadn't worked in watercolor Mm -hmm. since college either because i just from the you know that description of what they wanted and then the reference that they sent like those these were all illustrations that were done in watercolor so i just figured it would be made more sense to just do it in watercolor than to do it digitally and then really try to make it look like it was watercolor like that Mm. would be i think even harder for me to try to figure out so yeah that was that was i think two years ago that i was working on that and yeah that was that was hard (laughs) those were hard illustrations to do (laughs) 
But they were like they really hit their mark, especially for that showcase frame, because obviously the whole the whole look of the set, and I mean, you would know better than we would like what they were going for as an artistic direction. But the whole thing is meant to be that Germanic storybook, and then the kind of British Styles Arthurian legend look of everything, and the whole set as a whole, like really like hit the mark i remember uh, nathan we did a like a set review and being like englishmen you know being like people from the area of the world which mm. this is like gonna like evoke and we were just absolutely blown away that you know for us this really felt like the kind of older like you know may queen style stories that we like grew up with as, as part of our fairy tale background and Rum Cloak Giant especially, like the flat colours, but with all the really intricate and sort of like deep detail in the giant's clothing and then the roots of the trees going up to the branches. Yeah, exactly. Like it's flat colour, but it's also got a, a whole bunch of depth that keeps you scanning the artwork like for a long time and then hitting up with that frame. Um, did you know what the frame was going to look like at all? Did they give you any idea what the frame was going to be? Yeah, let me, I have the email. I believe they attached this a mock-up of yep they attached like a mock-up that's similar um to that mm-hmm. finalized frame that has kind of the you know the bars on the inside with mm-hmm. like kind of ivy or kind of like swirly kind of lines around it so yeah you definitely got an idea of what it was going to look like and that helped a lot because you don't really realize it but um the artwork goes underneath the title at the top mm-hmm. and all all the way to the top. So I remember really <laughs> having to go back in afterwards and kind of add more sky because oh, yeah. otherwise right. like the giant's head was going to be behind the the oh, title yeah, at the top. All yeah. oh, right. Yeah. yeah, force them to like crop it into where you wanted it to be. Right. And I'm used to always working digitally, so I can just, you know, fix that super easily on the fly, but I've never <laughs> like finished a piece traditionally and then been like, oh crap. Like you know. <laughs> Yeah. So that was that was just another part. Like I'm so glad they turned out they turned out so cool. Like I really okay. liked Eldraine as a set like flavor wise. Mm. It's so much That's fun. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's really fun. And like, you know, that's not something that happens, you know, and this was before the secret layers where they were, you know, exploring different art styles on yeah. cards, you know. So these were kind of, you know, at least I'm not I'm not an art director. I'm not totally positive. But to me, it seems like these were, like, one of the first times where they're like, let's do not, you know, super realistic rendered. Let's do something else on Magic cards. It's an interesting time as well, because I feel like Eldraine was almost like the mechanical successor to Lorwyn, and that specific art style for the showcases was almost like the artistic... Um, child to like the way like Nilsham artwork and things like that obviously you'd have been playing around Norman yeah. time in those artworks and for me that stylization was what really drew me into the game that's when I properly started like collecting and playing like avariciously um and cool. I feel like it was really nice to then go back and see some like old I don't think we'll get it as much obviously secret let's open it up but the showcase was a great way to go back to like the Lorwyn days for me of the that <laughs> the back in the old times <laughs> Yeah, and Andy, you said you really liked the Realm Cloak Giant piece. Oh, yeah. Well, I have um, last year for GP Portland, they used it for the playmat. And I didn't know they were going to do this, but they gave me an entire box of the playmats. So I have like a box of Realm Cloak Giant playmats at my house. So I can totally ship you one if you want. Oh my gosh, you should not have said that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We will just I would love it. to. 
Wow, that's really kind of you. I don't know how Brexit's going to affect things like shipping or whatnot, but yeah, we can definitely talk about it. <laughs> Sweet, for sure. Yeah. So, like the the that's not the only time though with that art that you've kind of gone back to using traditional. Am I right in thinking that your um, card art for the forest, the plus one jump start? <sighs> Yeah, that one is too. <laughs> right, yeah. Can we talk about that one? I know that was on our little outline, but again, talking about... So I think I think I bugged you on Twitter a lot about your artwork, so I'm sorry if it's been incessant. But the, I no, think no. you said on there in an interaction we had that that was uh, colour pencil. Was Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I hate that picture that? so much. Crazy. You hate it. Why do you hate it? <laughs> so it's, uh, the art description was like impossible, like literally impossible and they actually ap- apologized to me <laughs> afterwards because <laughs> like usually when i get an art description like you know like the cat forest it's like draw a lush forest with a panther or something it's like okay cool i can do that um let me see if i can find this one because it was like it was just awful it was like esoteric kind of design it did it, it it was strange when you look at them next to the other three jumpstart um lands it's like what has happened here uh, yeah okay yeah it's here's the art description it says location abstract setting non-specific action show us a surreal landscape of an infinite chain of trees the tips of one tree's branches forms the roots of the next as the pattern stretches out in all directions it could be a tessellation or a fractal pattern and that's it and when they sent me that art description i'm like i I does not compute. I don't know how to do this. Like, you <laughs> know, because of Prismite, you did so well in Prismite. They're like, oh yeah, that but trees. Yeah, like, yeah, but, yeah. Oh my god! But like, the fact, like, if you draw like trees, branches forming the roots to the next, then you just get like kind of a mess of like tangles with like rods of you know tree trunks sticking mm, out. Sure. At least, and so I sent in you like I was saying like. They give me, like, you know, the cat forest. It's like, okay, here's a sketch of a cat in a forest. I pretty much know, you know, what you're looking for. Here you go. And usually they're like, yep, looks great. Keep going. With this one, I've sent in, like, five or six sketches where I was just like, I have no idea what you want. Here's, like, a fractally looking one. Here's, like, one that's, like, a top-down of, like, just a whole, like, a pure forest of, like, you know, pine trees that just goes on forever. And... For no reason, they picked this one, um, which is something, if you're an illustrator, you always know what happens is if you send in a bunch of thumbnails, they're always going to pick the one that you hate the yeah. most. So, like, <laughs> just leave that one out. And <laughs> I made the mistake of, I was just like, no one will pick this one. And they did. So, like, I don't know. I wanted to do, I don't know why I want to do colored pencil on it, but I did. And it took a really long time. And it's the weirdest drawing I think ever. It's such a striking forest. I think that I, I think you can get away with uh, <laughs> not liking it. Like it stands out so much. It's I don't know I don't know any other artwork in the game that looks quite like this. Like it's very funny hearing like your sort of anguish at this artwork. <laughs> I'm saying going, it's incredible. I can't make heads or tails of it, and you're going, I hate it. I can't make heads or tails of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely it's weird. Like. I'm looking at it now and I just remember like, yeah, it's it's colored pencil and, and some watercolor for the, the background. And it's mm-hmm. it's in my closet in my house and 
I don't know if it'll ever see the, the light of day. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's funny to hear you say that you hate it. That's so cool. I was more thinking like, oh, it'd be interesting hearing about how you're like going to, you did it with colored pencil or whatever. And now, yeah, now we've got the dirt. We've got the scoop. <laughs> I, I did like, I like working in colored pencil, you know, mm. it's fun. Like I, it's, it's something I used to do a lot more, but, uh, yeah, I think I learned my lesson because it's like a nine by twelve, and it took so long, like to imagine. do. So yeah, it's a lot of I'm... line work in there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's it's another like one of those iconic pieces, which is just seems to be every single like landscape, especially in your portfolio, just seems to be like piece after piece after piece, which is just like striking in in one way or another. Like, there's no. There's no blandless, blandless on in your like portfolio. Like everything seems to be hitting the mark. And one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, which is kind of very recent, at least for us, it might be decades old for you. It seems like with the <laughs> way that things come out. Um, but that's your uh, Flipland Kaldheim artworks that have come out. Um, yeah. So yeah, they've come. It's Dark Boar Pathway and Slitherbore Pathway, and then Hengegate Pathway and Mistgate Pathway. Um, now, obviously, we need to be very specific that those are the cards that we're talking about because at time of recording, Kaldheim spoilers are going to be next week, I believe, if you're listening to this. Two in days. In two days, in fact. Oh, wow. Um, and obviously, not everything has been revealed, so we won't press you for like any deets on cards that have yet to be revealed. Um, but for those ones specifically, I was about to say two artworks because it's really it's four. four yeah. <laughs> it's four artworks. Um, and the thing that really struck me about these, I mean, Nathan, like as an observer, you might agree or disagree, is that the rest of your uh, landscapes, as we've sort of discussed, have been these big sweeping, evocative, like almost feelings of how a plane looks or how a, how a certain uh, landscape kind of you know pans out. But these ones seem to be very specific locations. And although the the scale is there, I mean, you've literally got characters for scale in some of these artworks, the narrative that they're talking of seems to be a lot more specific and a lot more uh, direct. If you look at something like uh, Mistgate Pathway, for example, which is the blue half of the Azorius Flipland, it's the one where you have the, the longboat in the meandering river with the runes in the sky, and then the runes are reflecting into the water. Like... It's such an incredible image, but you couldn't. I don't think you could do that on like any island, for example, even if it was like attached to a plane. Like, how did you approach those lands? Like, were you trying to be more specific, or is that just something that like we've made up as viewers of the artwork? I think what might be happening is these lands are super vertical. Mm. So I think that has part of it too, because you're not able to see, it's not like a a wide horizontal shot, right? Like it's, it's definitely like a super narrow up and down kind of piece. Yeah, that like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cause you, you don't see a lot of lands in this aspect ratio. So that has a huge thing, huge uh, like influence on the way that you read these pieces. That's really so cool. I, so I think for especially dark bore pathway and slither bore pathway, like those ones are like in like, like dark bore is in a cave and mm. Slitherbore is in a giant tree trunk. So mm. I think those those are definitely like very specific places that you can't really show a wide area. So with the the Mistgate and Hengegate though, like those are definitely more of a location in call time, like you know, more of a sweeping location. But mm. yeah, I think if you wanted to make those horizontal, 
like if you cropped out the top and bottom, mm. that it would definitely still not. I would still want. I'd want to zoom out more. Like if this, if they, if they came to me and they're like, "Oh, we messed up. We want to make this piece horizontal instead of vertical," which would be a huge mm. bummer. Um, <laughs> I would definitely like have to zoom out and just paint a whole lot more to the mm -hmm. left and to the right. So I think that might be what it is. That's so interesting. I hadn't even considered that. That that's yeah. like. Like I'm coming up with these big sort of philosophical like. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's the other way around. It's just the other no, way around. No, you put it the wrong way around. <laughs> like you just need to do it. I mean, I guess um, does that have a big influence on? Because obviously you've done like Horizon Canopy and Rays of Verge Thicket, Verdant Catacombs. Obviously the same thing, aspect ratio. Do you pref do you like working vertically compared to horizontally? Or because I mean, it does as as Andy said, it creates a very different style of image. I mean, and I think things like your Rays of Verge, uh, of Verge Thicket are magnificent because you do have that specificity, that thing you said earlier. You don't like focusing on a specific um, object. Well, I think that's a good example of, of, of where it works really well. Um, do you prefer, do you like working vertically compared to the landscape? Like, I mean, I, I think like for example, Slither One Pathway might be one of the more for me. It feels like one of the more detailed and vibrant pieces that you've done um, to date. Oh um, yeah. Oh, thanks. That one was a lot of fun to draw, and that was yeah. another one that only had like two weeks to do. So oh, that was. A well, keep working on a type. <laughs> keep working on a type. It's great, honestly. <laughs> when well, we spoke to uh, Titus Lunter on, on our last interview, he said that for his Battlebond lands, he was uh, jet-lagged and working to a tight deadline. And those were the ones that actually, when you looked at them, he was like, oh, I quite like the way these have turned out. <laughs> so yeah, maybe working on a tight jet-lagged more often. <laughs> yeah, though, like, uh, and I'm sorry, I missed your original question of, of uh, working vertically versus horizontally. I mm. think uh, I hadn't done a single vertical image until I think Verdant Catacombs was the first one because that one was assigned a long, long time ago. And uh, there was like a novelty, like that was that's fun, although it kind of sucks that some of the art gets covered up by text. Um, uh, that's my, my follow-up question of how much does it annoy you that you only get to see half the card? Um, I'm glad <laughs> <you know. laughs> that's kind of a bummer, but um, the, the novelty is kind of worn off because uh, like this past year like i did those uh pathways for call time and then two more for zendikar that were vertical and um they're fun to do and like i uh it's not is it not in my scryfall i did a mountains oh yeah because it didn't actually get printed in paper i did a mountain in zendikar that's only an arena and that was super fun to draw but the downside is I can't make playmats out of them. Same with your temple garden as well. Was so was um, a magic online one. I'm looking at that, going, I want that. I want that on paper, please. <laughs> Where is it? Sorry, oh, no, yeah. magic, my, my MTGO um, exclusives. I get it, but all oh, yeah. Oh. Well, they're starting to catch up. I think that'll become less and less, you know, because even the the Seb McKinnon. Uh, ones which was the big one for kumbaj witches everyone wanted kumbaj witches mm. and now that's a card that came out in the latest uh command legends set right so mm. boys my set mckinnon stasis god damn it give me my stasis you don't need any, <laughs> more, you don't need any more of those <laughs> but it's beautiful i've only got a white border one and it makes too much salt you know i need a nice set mckinnon one to soften the blow <laughs> that didn't print in, in real life that's not no. it's only a miko yeah yeah, same oh. with the same with the, uh, the ever um, not everphone chalice, chalice of the void as well. Mm -hmm. You know, all the fun cards. Yeah, they're only available online. Annoyingly, <laughs> well, we got Kumbaj witches. Oh. So, you know. Yes, we did. Little by little, maybe one day, one day. Yeah, what a bummer! Those pieces are amazing. Right? Yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> 
Uh, hey, hi, it's fine. We'll live with. We'll live with it. <laughs> they should do a secret layer of just. Oops, we should have made these real cards. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, give me my uh, give my airs is my Ezatron as well. My fantasy Ezatron. Yeah, I've got I've got this is a rant. I've got a whole rant on the back of my in the back of my time. <laughs> <laughs> another hour. On the podcast. <laughs> just looking through, you've only done uh, one token artwork mm. and that's a treasure token which again like this is what i mean like very early on when i said that you sort of sneak the landscapes into the pieces which maybe don't necessarily like warrant them or like like you would have could have gotten away with not doing a landscape your treasure token is a landscape it's just a landscape of gold with a oh, chest funny. in the foreground <laughs> i just think that's really cool there's almost even like, trees in the background it's we, we can see what you're doing we see what you're doing there <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. i have a problem <laughs> i gotta put trees and mountains and everything <laughs> Um, so one of the things that we sort of talk to a lot of uh, artists about is kind of just their general idea about where the game is now, or like fantasy art in general, like not even just Magic the Gathering, but fantasy art for gaming or fantasy art, you know, just in general, like where it is now, where you would like to see it go. Because obviously, if you take a game like Magic, which has been around since the early 90s, like the art direction and the style and this whole kind of shift of different stuff of like art styles is very apparent. Like you can see it there in front of you. How do you feel going into 2021 and beyond? I mean, obviously you're kind of working a couple of years ahead of everyone else, but in the future, you know, yeah, in the future, like <laughs> where do you want to see the fantasy art industry go? Is there anything you want to pick up? Is there anything you want to get back to? Like what's, what's your feeling on it all? Well, I think I really, like I said, I've been playing Magic for a long time, and I really like the realistic style that Magic has. And I know that a lot of people don't, um, but I think that's how you know when you're playing Magic versus a different game. You know, if you open a pack of Magic cards, even if it didn't have any text or like the frame on it, like you're going to know it's Magic based on the quality of the art. Mm. Um, but I do also really like the fact that they're having these secret layers and i know people are that they're really divisive um no get because out. <laughs> but, but i really like the ones that are like unique art styles um like the sub mckinnon set and that heavy metal poster one that was oh, yeah. so cool yeah. like i love that they're doing that that they're that there's they're exploring having artists that would otherwise never be on a magic card now have their own way to express it being on like you know those badass heavy metal kind of style or like that tattoo style one it's i think broadening magic to more people even though it's only for a couple cards but it's Mm -hmm. a good way to like be more inclusive in art style because Mm -hmm. there's like magic has been around forever and this is magic is really unique. Like in a video game, no one would ever like playing destiny two or something. No one would ever complain. Oh, it's too realistic. You know, this, <laughs> this looks too good. Gosh, like where's some, where's some older style nineties mountain looking paintings. Where's my, my eight bit destiny. God damn it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Like, like if, if you're into like NES, that's totally cool. You can go play it, but you're not going to complain about, you know, world of Warcraft or, you know, and he's like Call of Duty not looking like it was on Super Nintendo. So mm. I think that as a Magic fan, as an artist, 
I'm happy that Magic has like such a high bar and such such high quality art in the regular sets. And now that they're exploring having, you know, other types of art in secret layers is fantastic. And I don't, I don't want to sound like that. I'm a super fan of everything they've done. I'm not. But in terms of like art and being an illustrator and working for all the other game companies before I worked for Magic, like they are actually great to work for. So that was our biggest celebration of the year was the artwork diversity. Like it's one of the things that's very clear, very apparent. So it's nice to hear that, you know, especially from the inside, it's good to hear that. Yeah, if you're you're smiling as you, as you speak of the art diversity as well. Yeah, it well, it's something that you say, Nathan, is is that with this advent of like special arts and promo arts, that's more accessible, which is a great thing. It's like regular players and regular booster packs. Something that you say very often is, you know, if everything's special, then nothing is. Like you need these like fancy realism artworks to be the core of your game. And I think it's something that we spoke to with Vorthos Mike in our very first interview episode that we ever did with someone is that you need the center of the target to be the thing which everything kind of looks towards so that on the outer edges you can have these special artworks to kind of, you know, add these little bits of flair. But I think right. I, I think now that more special arts are coming out, especially just, you know, within interactions that I have and Nathan has, I'm sure, with other Magic players, the more special arts that come out, I think the less and less people are going, oh, well, you know, everything looks the same. It's all homogenized and doing that whole reel of thinking because I think they're starting to realize that it's not homogenized and it, you know, doesn't all look the same. It just all looks like magic. This is an identity. Yeah, exactly. So the sense of identity of how the game looks is only being increased and like rebolstered because of all these extra artworks. It's not being like diluted or over diversified. Um, So yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool to hear you sort of like say that, you know, you're you're happy with the look of magic as opposed to you know like there are yeah you're right there are a lot of people that would go oh it just all looks too much the same thing and that's i don't know if it quite does you know Mm, maybe you're not looking hard enough (laughs) right right and like that's how that's that's the way magic is right like this is a game where you go to different planes and there are different characters that all exist but but are drawn by completely different people like you got to know who like Jace, you know, by Tyler Jacobson versus Kieran Yanner. He's got to look like the same dude, right? Like, that's that's their game. That's their world. So that's an art is a huge part of it. But, you know, art is defining the world. So mm-hmm. to make everything look like it all fits together, it does all need to have some level of similarity. And that's that's why, like, we'll get a style guide at the beginning of every, you know, plane that we work on. So, you know, so that way, you know, something looks like, like these lands look like Ravnica versus Call Time. Like they look very distinct and very different. And if they went with, you know, whatever, whatever artists, you know, if they hired, you know, like everyone's cousins, you know, who is, may not be, you know, as, you know, far in their artistic journey as mm. they probably should be to be working on magic, like then you wouldn't get that that look and feel of magic that makes magic magic Mm. so like like i was saying like it took me eight years of going to gen con every single year and talking to the art directors and they knew i wasn't ready but they knew i'd get there someday they just had to you know kick my ass a little bit and tell me how to get better and that's just what you got to do to you know work for the man and make an awesome game like magic For sure. Well, we have, don't have uh, a huge amount of time left, but I just wanted to open up the floor to you. If there's anything that you kind of like wanted to talk about or any t- uh, topics that you wanted to touch on, like, yeah, now's the time. 
Okay, great. So I just had one thing. Um, it's kind of just a small thing, but um, I did a piece called Animal Sanctuary uh, that came out in the last core set. And it's a pretty goofy piece, but it's got a whole bunch of different animals in it. And I think so, a couple people will play it in EDH. Um, but Wizards is super cool. They let me draw both my cats and my dog in it. Oh, and yeah. so it's a really personal piece for me. And, and like, it's like I was saying before, I have playmats from other artists and pieces on my walls that are all by other artists. But the only playmat that I will play with that has my own art is Animal Sanctuary because it's got my, my boys on it, my uh, two cats and dog. And um, about two weeks ago, my dog was diagnosed with cancer and he passed away like six days later and it really sucked um, because he was perfectly healthy and normal and we would go on three to six mile hikes like every day um but in his honor his name is jake and he's the black lab mix that's on animal sanctuary and for all of january and february any sales of animal sanctuary prints or playmats and be donating to animal charities so i just want to kind of get that word out that any if, if anybody wanted to uh purchased one of those like even like the shipping costs are all going to go to charity for jake so yeah yeah that's really cool that's a really good like so when you sort of told me that that was what you were gonna do with the sort of the charity work and the whole situation i thought that was just such a cool idea because it's an art work that i remember when the artwork itself came out everyone went nuts everyone absolutely loved mm. it because it is it's whimsical and it's a little bit goofy but everyone loves animals and your animals are super cute and again it's honest, <laughs> and, it's honest and it's real it's one of those things if it's a bit of real life on the card as well so yeah any support to so that's a fantastic effort yeah for sure and like any links or anything we'll grab some links off you and we'll put it in keep updating as well these episode descriptions as i know some things kind of kind of take time but yeah for sure we'll we'll get the word out there and uh help you promote that because that's super awesome mm. thank um, you yeah Absolutely. no worries at all um, that's jake <laughs> yeah for, for exa exactly yeah such a cool dog such yeah. a cool like the cats are really cool as well like they're just looking straight at you out that artwork and it's just and they're I mean, immortalized in a game as well which is yeah, right. fantastic like people yeah. will be playing with this card like for as long as magic's around which i think is really cool like there are because yourself and several other artists have been putting their animals in their work recently and i just think it's yeah it's a cool thing and it's like, yeah. things that i love to find as well like i love knowing because you don't get told about it until someone on Twitter goes, did you know such and such put their like cat in a card? And you're like, oh my gosh, you go and find <laughs> their Twitter looking for that cat, and then you finally find it. So yeah, very very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Wizards is awesome for yeah being told. Yeah, they did that. Um, I got the idea from Chris Ron putting his cat in mm -hmm. one of his pieces. So yeah. yeah, it was a great year and a bit for people for um, artists to be able to get. It was like go go go. If you've got anything cute, put it on put it on the paper. We'll take it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's it is a really cool way to kind of immortalize mm. them. Like Jake only lived to be eight, but I'm pretty sure people will be playing with you know animal sanctuary cards for a mm. lot longer than eight years. So he'll be remembered forever in that way. For sure, absolutely. Well, where else can they find you then, uh, Lena? Other than the links that we'll put in the description, like what's your social media links? Any kind of like websites or art depositories you want people to look you up on? Oh, yeah. Um, my main website is elena.net, which is A-L-A-Y-N-A.net. Um, and yeah, I have like a Twitter and a Facebook and a Pixiv and <laughs> DeviantArt. <laughs> Basically, when you're an illustrator, it's like, okay, I finished a piece. Now I have to upload it to 
10 okay. different places. <laughs> but yeah, I'm on all of those things. So yeah. Cool. We'll include uh, links to those in the description below as well. Uh, you can Thank find you. us guys on Twitter at MT Flavoring, where we're talking about magic flavor law and art every single day, as well as a bunch of other nonsense that people generally don't pay attention to. Uh, you can send <laughs> emails to mtflavoring at gmail.com. Uh, my Twitter is at Andy Manface. Nathan's, yours is? At the Fox in the Moon. Uh, all that remains for me to say is thank you so much for coming online. Yeah, thank you so much. Blast. It's been an absolute pleasure. No problem. Thank you guys so much. No, no, no. Pleasure is ours, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we'll be looking for uh, any more artworks coming out this year and then probably tweeting at you going like, how long ago did you paint this? Was it three or four yeah, years when's ago? The, when's the next uh, <laughs> When's the next <laughs> coming out? How could you hold out on us? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, this next well, year is going to be pretty cool, so yeah. I'm excited. Ah, very cool. Well, we'll be looking out for it. Other than that, guys, all that remains for me to say is thank you so much for listening. This has been Magic the Flavoring. We'll see you soon. Thank you.